Hi, Bruno Jr. here. Our podcast, Busting Addiction and Smiths, is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com. SafeHouse believes that traditional treatments fall short of the needs of clients who face the modern problems of addiction. Modern problems need modern solutions. Multiple addictions, multiple relapses, multiple triggers, and cheaper and more powerful street drugs set up unprecedented challenges facing treatment centers. What is needed is a more sophisticated approach, a better way forward. There are three reasons to choose our progressive modern treatment program. One, a more sophisticated intake process. Two, technology proven to enhance recovery. And three, the most robust aftercare program in our sector. To learn more, visit us at safehouserehab.com. Hi, I'm Bruno J, and I'm back to talk about one of the more interesting topics connected to alcoholism and drug addiction. Now, when I talk about addiction, please keep in mind that I'm also referring to alcoholism, which is simply an addiction to the drug of alcohol. And yes, it is a drug, and it's classified as a depressant. I call this episode, How an Addict Thinks. Now, before we go there, let's get some perspective on exactly what alcoholism and drug addiction are as defined by the scientific community, by health professionals who study these diseases and have dedicated their professional lives to understanding and treating addiction in all its forms. The definition of addiction is supported by the CDC, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the NIH, the National Institutes of Health, and by NIDA, the National Institute of Drug Abuse, among others, all in the U.S. I also looked up what the Canadian, U.K., EU, and Australian authorities had to say, and they all fall in line with the idea that, above all, addiction is a disease. You'd be surprised by how many well-meaning people do not know that or don't believe it. This lack of understanding or lack of understanding addiction as a disease is the source of completely unnecessary and heartbreaking pain among family members who are affected by the disease. Believing in the concept of, di- of addiction as a moral failing or lack of willpower gives rise to blaming, shaming, and hostility toward the addict who actually needs help and not punishment. The percentage of alcoholics who also use drugs has been rising and now might account for as much as half of alcoholics. Known as cross-addiction, it complicates the diagnosis of the disease and of recovery. And this touches on our theme today, how addicts, including alcoholics, actually think. I happen to know many alcoholics in my line of work who congratulated themselves, as did others, on quitting drinking, but actually, they actually thought in their still-twisted minds that it was okay to smoke pot. They attended AA meetings introducing themselves as recovering alcoholics, only to be forced to disclose later that they used drugs to get high while abstaining from alcohol. These ex-drinkers were outed, that is, busted, by their AA friends or by their sponsors or by their erratic behavior itself. Full disclosure for a moment, I did this myself over 28 years ago. That is, uh, smoked pot thinking it was okay after I'd quit drinking. That lasted about six months until I crashed and burned and started over. I also sponsored a fellow alcoholic who felt so guilty about lying for six straight months about his pot use that he came to me weeping and begging for forgiveness. And I told him, look, you're in the grip of a mighty powerful disease and it has warped your mind. Rigorous honesty is the foundation of our 12-step program. And let's just get back to that. 
Here is a brief summary of what scientists say about the nature of addiction, whether to drugs or to alcohol. Quote, addiction is a complex chronic brain disease, repeat, brain disease, characterized by drug craving, seeking, and use that persists even in the face of devastating life consequences. Addiction results largely from brain changes that stem from prolonged drug use, changes that involve multiple brain circuits, including those responsible for governing self-control and other behaviors. Drug addiction is treatable with medications for some addictions and or behavioral therapies. Again, this is what the scientific community has published. However, relapse is common and can happen even after long periods of abstinence, underscoring the need for long-term support and care. Relapse does not signify treatment failure, but rather should prompt treatment, re-engagement, or modification, close quote. So there you have it in dry, scientific, and unvarnished language, primarily from the National Institute of Drug Abuse. My takeaways are these. One, an addict's thinking is twisted because his brain is no longer functioning properly. Two, he will crave, seek, and use drugs and or alcohol, regardless of the consequences. Three, He will relapse even after long periods of clean and sober living unless he has a long-term program of care and support like AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, or NA, Narcotics Anonymous, or CA, Cocaine Anonymous. Four, you can't blame the treatment. That's like blaming the gym if you're out of shape. Knowing and embracing the scientific truth that addiction is a disease of the brain itself makes it a little easier to understand why addicts think in such twisted ways. Insane thinking and behavior, therefore, are driven by physical changes to an otherwise normal brain. The addict's by now abnormal brain drives the addict to crave, seek, and use drugs and or alcohol on a daily, even moment-to-moment basis. He adopts techniques that ensure the survival of his disease at any cost to himself and his loved ones, who likely have no clue as to what drives him to do the things he does. Here are some well-documented examples of how they think. 1. Deflection. This is where the addict goes on the counterattack after being challenged on his behavior. Mom says, I worry about you staying out all night and being gone all the time. Who knows where? What on earth are you doing when you should be looking for work? The son says, well, if you weren't such a nagging B-I-T-C-H, I'd want to be home more. She now starts to defend herself while her son makes his getaway. That's classic deflection, whataboutism, the oh yeah, what about this. This takes attention away from himself any way he can. Two, I'm not the problem, you are. The addict does not see himself or his disease as a problem. His mother is the problem because she stands in the way of him getting the drugs or interfering with his using. He will get angry with mom on a supposed insult, and she will apologize for hurting your feelings, quote. When he is really angry with her for not giving him what he wants, such as money or use of the car to visit his dealer. Three, and this is a scary one, but it's true. The conscience is almost gone. The disease is in charge of the addict. And it is a scary thing indeed to realize that he will engage in sociopathic behavior if it allows him to feed the disease. He can look his loved one in the eye and lie to her with an innocent smile on his face and think nothing of it. He will steal from her purse, bounce checks, and spend money in strip clubs or while away his time on the golf course drinking when he should be working. He can rationalize anything. 
His thinking revolves totally around how and when he can get his next hit or drink. While he pretends to listen to you, he is like that person at the cocktail party who is looking over your shoulders to see who else is at the party. He isn't there. He's somewhere else entirely. Four, appearances are everything. Another sociopathic-like characteristic is the addict's complete focus on appearances. The irony is that unlike sociopaths, he feels shameful, unworthy, and empty. And therefore, what people think of him is a necessary counterweight to his own poor self-image. He is compelled to wear a mask that shows he is okay, successful like you, and therefore part of your peer group. People easily see through this thin veneer of respectability. The addict invests so heavily on his appearance of being cool, he is not cool at all to the people around him. And he's panicked if the check at the dinner table comes to him because he may not have enough left on his credit card to pay the bill. I've personally lived all of the above attitudes and behaviors. Life became a living hell until I surrendered to the truth that I had become powerless over drugs and alcohol and that my life had become completely unmanageable. I was the living example of a man trying to act normal with a damaged brain, doing the bidding of the disease at all costs. That's why some call recovery a miracle in its own right. I tend to agree with that idea because it did save my sanity and it saved my life. And now I'm able to help others get out of the hell of their own making go and go on to pay it forward and help other alcoholics and addicts. So what did we learn on this essay on how addicts think? We learned that, one, addiction is classified by scientists as a brain disorder, a change in the structure of the brain itself caused by consistent, prolonged use of drugs and or alcohol. Two, the addiction causes the addict or the alcoholic to crave, seek, and use the drug regardless of devastating life consequences. The addict has lost any semblance of self-control by this stage. Three, the addict will relapse even after long periods of sobriety unless he is part of a recovery support program such as Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous, AA or NA, or Cocaine Anonymous, CA, and there are other anonymous um, organizations, too, that help people with, uh, with addiction problems. Four, he will undergo profound personality changes, such as sociopathic-like thinking, attacking loved ones to defend his use of drugs, seeing the loved one as the problem, and putting more weight on how he appears to others because of his shame and low self-esteem. Our podcast is sponsored by SafeHouseRehab.com, a modern approach to recovery. To learn more, visit us at SafeHouseRehab.com.